this is Michelle Schoenfeld, and you are listening to You Lost Me at Namaste, a podcast discussing all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world 101 level. So, oh my goodness, people, I am so excited for today's episode. I've been talking about it for weeks. Back by popular demand, I have the traveling astrologer, Rosie Cutter, live from Aspen. Welcome, Rosie, to You Lost Me at Namaste. Hey, thanks so much for having me back. I'm so excited. I just, when I know you're going to be on the show, I just light up. Like, (laughs) I'm like so excited. My face smiles. I've had so many people who listen ask when you're going to be back on. Um, For those of you who have not heard Rosie, she was on two times already. Um, My favorite one was the destiny cards, because that was something I did not know a lot about. And if you're new to this, um, listening right now, go back and look for that episode. In fact, there will be a link in the show notes below, because you don't want to miss it. It was truly transformational. So Rosie, you are in Aspen. Mm-hmm. You've been so busy. Thank you so much for carving out time today to be with us. Oh, I love it. I'm thankful to be able to share information and about one of my favorite subjects, human design. Yes. Now, human design is something I've heard about a little bit. I've read about a little bit and I know nothing about really. I really don't. Um, so I'm excited for you to share with us kind of the 101 on what human design is and how you can use it in your life to help navigate. So first, why don't you explain, explain explain a little bit what human design actually is for people who don't know. So human design is an incredible system that utilizes several ancient esoteric fields from astrology to the Kabbalah, to the I Ching. Human design was channeled in Ibiza by an amazing man named Ra Uruhu. And he received this information in the 80s when the comet was going overhead. And then he spent the rest of his life basically unfolding and unpacking it. So when I do my readings, I utilize human design as well as astrology because astrology can show us the future transits or weather forecast, but human design shows us what kind of vehicle we have, what kind of car we're driving. And as we'll see, as we go deeper down the rabbit hole, many of us are obviously conditioned by society and our friends and family to sometimes do things that are not in our best interest. Um, So human design allows a different way of navigating through the world and making small decisions totally differently, as well as large ones. So let me just clarify here a little bit. So first of all, Rosie has over 20 years experience in this. Is that correct? Uh, Design now, I have been in, I learned about my human design 12 years ago. So we call that astrology and personal. Oh yeah. Astrology. So yes, I have over 20 years experience and palm reading, Vedic, Jyotish, um, Western. And then I came upon the human design system about 12 years ago. And she's a host of celebrity clients, um, as well. And really, so I'm just giving your background here a little bit in that what you're saying 
is really a life's work of putting things together that work properly. Yes. And human design is an amazing gift that liberated me and also allowed me to be more successful in music, make different decisions through my traveling all around the world in different countries to allow more magic to happen. Um, And we'll explain how that's possible in just a bit. But when you're introduced to your design, we call it going into the experiment. And even if you don't do anything with it in the future, once you lay eyes on your body and who you are, there's a cellular remembering that happens and you start to decondition is what we call it. So I've been in the design experiment for 12 years. And the reason that I actually dove so deeply into it was about three months after I was shown my design, the founder, Ra, suddenly died in Ibiza. And my ex-partner was his student. So I up and left everything in Hanalei Bay and moved to Ibiza and had the privilege of spending time with Ra's family and children and friends. And I performed music there as well, but I totally immersed myself into that world of design and how it came about. Wonderful. And so what you had said to start with was that astrology is kind of looking towards the future and looking at your path and Mm -hmm. human design is more personal to you and, and your body. Is that right? Your body as well. There's a body graph, which we're going to look at yours. So a great analogy for design is everybody has a certain type of car. 70% of the world, a large chunk are generators and manifesting generators. If they were a car, they would be big, powerful pickup trucks, able to withstand a lot. Manifesting generators might be a little bit of like the Hummer version of that, but able to sustain a lot and do dirty work, dig in. Then 20% of the world are called projectors. And these people would be more like a sports car. Uh, a really fabulous vintage one. And they can go 200% as fast as that truck, but you don't run a sports car all day long on a construction site, even though you could use a truck to do that. Then there's another 9% of the world, which you fall under, which are called manifestors. And this is funny because of course we have all this association with the word manifesting and manifestors, but that's part of the joke of design is that most of the world is not designed to manifest. If you think about it, the world is full of landfills, unwanted children, and bad career choices. Clearly creating things is not our weak point. However, people make decisions, especially things like having children, becoming a lawyer or a doctor. And it's almost like signing up for food for the rest of your life that you've never tasted. You don't know what it's like to have children and be in that with your body until you're with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't know what it's like to be a doctor and deal with the doing of the doctor until eight years in of your residency in mental study. And suddenly people are sitting there living lives that they thought they wanted, but their body is going, "Uh uh-uh, I don't like this. This isn't what I thought it would be. 
And so design is a great liberation to show you that maybe some of the best things in your life you don't even know you have a taste for yet and how to invite that in instead of being so narrow-minded. So you're a manifester. That's only 9% of the world. You would be, these sort of vehicles would be like a Maserati, very high-end and fine and sharp and powerful. And these manifestors like you are the ones that have the vision and are the ones that can see what society needs. Now you can dig in and do 200% of the work. You can go 200% as fast, but in a perfect world, you have a little army underneath you that is carrying out your big visions. And then the last 1%, which several friends of mine, including Robert Camp, who wrote the Love Card and Destiny Card book, is in that small 1%, and they're called reflectors. And they have absolutely no colors filled in on the body graph. And they are very unique in society, and they are really here to reflect how healthy our society and our environments are. So if you think about that's how to use you know, and a reflector would almost be like a hot air balloon or something. Yeah. So, so now we know our vehicles and then we can start to see how to line those up so that you're not driving your Maserati as if it's the Ford pickup truck. Cause that's what everybody around you does. So an example, let me like how somebody could use this that I'm guessing is um, like, you're right. So say your parents always want you to be a, a lawyer or something mm-hmm. like that, or they want, right. And so you study and you go because you know, this is the right thing and you think you want it because it seems interesting. And, and it seems cool, right? It seems cool. You'll make some money. And then you get there and you just, it's not clicking. And it your body's right. going, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're tired all the time or you're stressed out or you, whatever the case may be. Maybe you develop a GI issue, who knows why, mm-hmm. but it's basically mm-hmm. something doesn't feel right, but you don't know why. Exactly. And you, kind of it, what, And think about on a practical level, a small child is like, I don't like bananas. I don't like bananas. And you're like, you never tried bananas. And you shove some banana in their mouth and their belly goes, "Mm, yummy, that tastes good. But their mind thinks they don't like bananas because the girl at school doesn't. That's but we are living entire lives and priorities that way. A, A real life example for me would be. You know, I lived in Kauai for my 20s and I always dreamed about going to Europe, 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 Europe. I love, I want to go to Europe and I have these ideas about what it's going to be like. And then raw passes and I do, I go to Ibiza and go to the center of it all. And it was fantastic. Um, But my ex at the time was like, after we should go to Brazil. And I'm sitting there, Brazil, Brazil's dangerous. It's full of anaconda snakes. I love, like, you know, Hawaii has no snakes or spiders. But where did I get these ideas from? From some National Geographic story that I've seen? I'm like, Brazil's poor. He's like, no, honey, we, I do big festivals there. So we end up going to Brazil. I end up making double the money I even did in Europe because they were in a huge inflation at the time. The Rei was two to one. And I learned Portuguese, started singing Bossa Nova, had this incredible experience, obviously never got bit by any large venomous snakes or had problems as far as, you know, you're not going to go to the favela, whether you're in Los Angeles or Brazil. So I had this entirely different conception of what Brazil would be like based on my limited information. And then meanwhile, 
by going and responding to something somebody offered me, it ended up opening so many doors in my life and gifts in the Brazilian culture. I lived there three years straight and then part-time after for years. So and how so- would human design then help you? How do people use it to help, I guess, so they don't what make the mistakes or waste time mm-hmm. or? Well, so most of the world, we'll get to yours in just a second, but most of the world are generators and they need to wait and respond, but instead they've read the secret and they want to manifest, manifest, manifest. Clearly making crap is not our weak point. We are great at just creating. We need to slow the creation down, right? There's not a wealth problem. There's a wealth distribution problem. So with most people, I as well, am a manifesting generator. Here's another very practical example when I'm a musician. So I needed to make money and get gigs. So the old me before design, I would initiate and I would go knock on doors, go to hotels and say, hey, this is me and my band. And I could get hired. But let's say I get hired for five nights that week and the PA system sucks. The waitresses are kind of bitchy. So I manifest what I thought I wanted, but it's not quite as juicy as I hoped. Then when I learned my waiting to respond, what does that mean? Willy Wonka's golden ticket for most people is the phrase, what do you suggest? And to slow down. So scenario two, I'm a musician, I need money, but instead of knocking at doors, I go to my network of friends and loved ones and say, hey, I need a gig for the winter. I'm thinking of the Regis and this place and this place. But what do you think? What do you suggest? Think about it like planting seeds. And all of a sudden, my third girlfriend says to me, oh, don't do that hotel. They're changing ownership. They don't even give you free dinner. But my boyfriend is the manager of a golf course that is looking for musicians. And all of a sudden, my belly golf course Earlier evenings, better tips, one or two of those gigs actually would pay for the other five and I'm being invited and it's something that I didn't have access to or wouldn't have even thought of if I didn't plant the seeds. And so then I can streamline my time. I do the same thing with all of my astrology, anything. Let's say I want to go on a podcast. I'm not going to go you know, send emails out and initiate, I'm going to go even talk to people who might not have anything to do with that and say, what do you guys think? And they're like, oh, you know, my niece, like you, oh, our friend suddenly has this amazing podcast. And then the energy and the fractal is perfect. And it's correct. Most people want to create this great life or whatever, but they meet a lot of resistance and frustration. And part of it, I do believe, honestly, is in patience. People think they want something. It's just the same thing of Europe, you know? So I was able to streamline how much work I put into things. Even if I go to new countries or new cities, I'll literally post things on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, I want to go to a new yoga studio. What do you guys suggest? What do you think? And then because somebody shows me this amazing neighborhood, I have this whole evening that I would have never had by just going on Yelp and picking one. So the human design helped you in that because it can kind of fine tune what works. Yeah. And most of the world are, yeah, most of the world are generators or manifesting generators who are here to be satisfied doing what they love, but instead they're full of frustration and anger and they have all this battery power, but it's like not going to the right place. Interesting. So if you get an astrological reading, which you also do, um, along with the destiny cards, that's only part of the puzzle, 
because it's mm -hmm. showing you, but it's not really necessarily helping you on how to get there. And this kind of helps you on how to embrace it and how to receive it. A hundred percent. Or okay. another example for your particular body graph is in the world, there are two types of people, right? So there's emotional people. You are emotionally defined. And then the other 50% of the world, I have that center open. So there's a whole amplification that can happen, which is also wonderful knowledge when you have your friends and loved ones. It's human design is like an etiquette for how to treat people. But you having this emotional definition, you're in most half 50% of the world has this. You're never supposed to make decisions, purchases, or anything in the moment. You need to sleep on everything. So let me give you an example. You're at the high end of the wave and we're doing our thing and we're hanging out and we're like, we want to go to Italy together. And it's like, okay, we're going to go to Italy. And you book the ticket in the moment. And it's not that going to Italy isn't a good idea, but a few days goes by. And then all of a sudden, one of my clients invites us to Sardinia first. So of course we're going to go there, but now we're going to pay the ticket change. Whereas if we planted the seed and slept on it for just a few nights or even a week as what major purchases, new business relationships, then it's juicier, it's yummier. It's less of this one step forward, two steps back that I feel like a lot of people run into when they're trying to literally read the secret and manifest. And it's like, if we have all this power to create so many amazing things, literally out of thin air and from the ethers, how is it that so many people are in poverty, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way? You know, it's interesting you say that about me and 50% of the world is mm -hmm. that, um, I'm guessing, I don't know this, this would be for another time. I'll check it out later that my very, very good friend, like my best friend of 20 some years is not the same as me. And right. she's the other half because we go on these girls trip, these girl trips and shopping trips. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she ever wakes up with a buyer's remorse. She wakes up on a high and See? I'll wake up with buyer's mm -hmm. remorse. Even mm -hmm. if it's stuff I can afford, of course, because I just got caught up in the moment and I just did it when I really yeah. didn't even need it or want it or something better. I see the next day I shouldn't have bought it mm -hmm. um, because I get caught up in her style. Of course. Is that's really interesting. I bet you she's the other half, which is oh, very like interesting. And also we're always attracted to friends, family, and loved ones who have the opposite designs because the genetics want differentiation. If someone smells too similar to you, you actually won't be attracted to them to avoid inbreeding. So imagine when I lived in Brazil, the Portuguese were allowed to marry the slaves there, allowed, I guess. But so they had this beautiful culture of very different races that yeah. created such strong, beautiful offspring. But then let's say five or 10 years into a marriage, two people come together, they have these beautiful children, but you've got two very different people. And a lot of times the differences are what attract you. But if I know, for example, you're emotional, I'll always let you contact me in certain ways, because if all of a sudden I just call you up on the phone and then you're at that low end of the wave, nothing sounds good. And it's not the conversation that we were planning on having. If I let you reach out to me, you're much more likely to be ready for that in that moment. So and many emotions. 
And people love you when you're, if you're happy, I'm twice as happy. So people love it when you're at the high end of the wave. So there's also a very important energy around emotional people allowing themselves to have downtime and embrace the melancholy. And when I read to you about your particular chart, you have a beautiful channel that is all about that warm, seductive moodiness that is here. Um, wonderful for art and music and all kinds of things. And I do love a lot of downtime. Okay. Well, maybe let's just jump in and give a little example so people can see it firsthand with mine. Perfect. If you want to do that, we can keep it kind of brief, um, just to give some examples. And since you've already done my chart, you also know then how human design and astrology go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear this. So yeah. In your chart, you know, after running so many charts, it's just, it's so beautiful to me because every single time the design very much will reflect your nine of spades destiny cards when i read you some of the channels you have about literally being here to empower other people with your own unique struggles but first let's start with your type so this will be fun because you are the nine percent of the world that's a manifester and so what does it mean to be a manifester you have an outward pushing aura which is wonderful. It protects you. It's almost like that nine, right? It's spiritual and you need to protect your higher knowing. However, sometimes, especially in the beginning, like when you're 16 driving a Maserati, right? <laughs> it can be uncomfortable for you or other people because you're not here to be controlled. So ever since you're little, control and being controlled are big things. Even if you're like, yes, sir, no, ma'am, they can feel that you have this sort of unbreakable will. And so manifestors are here to go into the world. Ra was a manifestor and inform the public and make a mutation in society. Oftentimes they're the army leaders or the CEOs, but manifestors scare people, right? People selling apples don't want to upset the apple cart. So the joke is that manifestors are here to inform but Ra would say manifestors don't manifest or inform anything because they're so tired of everybody's BS of trying to control <laughs> them and get in their way. And you're like, so this whole idea of you informing, and I'm saying even when you walk into a room, if you're the first person to crack a joke, it pops the aura bubble. It makes everybody relax. And so imagine a lot of really powerful people, famous manifestors first, um, you know, George Carlin was this, Robert De Niro is this, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins, both making big impacts in society as activists as well in so many ways. Hitler was this, um, Kepler, um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Krishnamurti was this, Herman Hesse, these people, Jack Nicholson, so intense, um, Martha Stewart as well, very powerful and dynamic, but also sometimes there's this thing around conflict with people. So you, my analogy for manifestors is you are like, imagine back in the day across the Americas with the Native Americans, when a new tribe was going to roll up to a town, they don't just roll right up to the town because they would be perceived as threatening and unpredictable, even if they have great intentions. So what would they do? You'd go about a mile out of the settlement and they'd set up camp and they'd put up smoke signals. Hey, we're here. We're cool. Come check us out. 
that's you in your life because you have such a powerful thing. You're like a shaman that sometimes imagine certain people aren't ready for that as well. And then they can have a a big reaction that has nothing to do with you, but it's like throwing gasoline on whatever their not self was. So manifestors, their strategy is very simple. We want you to inform and tell us what the hell's going on. But a lot of times the throat can be a little bit shut down because when you were a kid, other people trying to control you, you're like, I'm just going to keep to myself and play small because I can't take this drama. So as an adult, let's say now you go to Ibiza. And you don't inform, you don't, you know, but, but then you come back and you post pictures and I'm like, Michelle, I used to live in Ibiza. Why wouldn't you tell me that you were going? I could have introduced you to these great people. Now as an adult, your lack of informing and telling us what you want actually is not opening the right doors for you. So for manifestors and especially women, because they're very unique in the world, it's like a masculine mind and a powerful woman. You don't have to ask permission anymore. You can just tell us what's going on. And when you inform people exactly what you want, then you open the door for them to either be your little army or not. Also with dating and meeting new people, because you have this kind of closed off aura, it's it's good, but it's sometimes hard for people to read you. So let's say you're at a restaurant or a bar and there's a man that you fancy give an opening, even if it's just eye contact or a gesture, because manifestor women are the one that has to decide like me, Tarzan, you, Jane, like you're, <laughs> you have to be like, okay, I'm going to let you open up to me. So basically you need to communicate 25,000 times more than you do. You think other people are operating on the same level and they're not necessarily. And the more that you explicitly give us directions the better we can all move towards a better society, which especially with your channels, which we're about to go into, which speak about your personality, much as if you're a Capricorn, these are the things you bring to the table. Um, You are here to be an agent of change in society. So obviously you're on the right track so far. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that, um, Because I have found this past year in Turkey, where I am now in Bodrum, I've had a lot of business things improve. I've made a lot of new friends. It's been a really wonderful year this year. Now, of course, you know, coming off the pandemic, everybody's looking to get out a little bit more. But I'm wondering if it's because I am forced out of my bubble a little bit to communicate much more articulately and uh, put myself out there more because there is also the language barrier and I'm an expatriate in a foreign country. Right. So I'm really having to make much more of an effort. I have to clarify to make sure things are understood properly. We have some idioms, if that's what you call it, maybe as Americans or English speakers mm-hmm. that don't always translate. So I yep. have to make sure that what I mean is if I'm trying to be funny or poignant or serious is perceived the way I intend it to be perceived. <laughs> Of course. Oh my gosh. Right. Sarcasm is totally different in a different language. Exactly. Um, and like, I've actually had instances like Instagram, I'll post a story and make a funny remark, right? Somebody posts a story of me. I share it. I make a funny remark. They think I'm super offended and they're all worried and they have to call me. It's like, no, 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 no. This That's in so English cute. means it's funny. Like this is funny. This is huge. Yeah. So that's interesting. You say that I've had to like, maybe open up a little bit more than I normally would. Um, and we all have bouts of security and insecurity. 
And I've had to push away the insecurity more, I think here to uh, branch out, even though I'm outgoing, obviously, and love being around people, I've had to make a little bit more of an effort in a proactive way. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to hear more and also uh, how this affects like our bodies and our energy mm -hmm. centers, and all that stuff. Okay, so we can move on. Okay, so speaking of the bodies and the energy centers, take a glance at your chart and do you see how there's a few centers that are white and open? Yes. So those centers for you, your head, your Ajna and your sacral, the sacral being open is what makes part of what makes you a manifester as well as having a channel to the throat. And then your head is totally open. So take a deep breath. Those white open centers are where you're supposed to be relaxed. Ha ha ha. But they act like sponges or amplifiers. And so one of my first things I do with people is it's important. Look at your design. Think about your body and picture a French press of white light or a sponge clearing out your head and your belly, your motor, because that's what we call the not self. So in the not self, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, doing everything as fast as possible, doing the job of 20 people. And with the open head immediately waking up, who am I? Where am I going? Who's going to show me? Think about things that don't matter. Think about the past. Think about the future. So I have the same open head. So we're here to be relaxed and know what's worth thinking about and actually add a lot to the field of the mind, which you have. But Let me imagine. Stop you quickly. I'm sorry for a second mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, I want to explain to people since they can't see what I'm looking at. So mm -hmm. I gave Rosie ahead of time my time, date, place of birth, year, all that kind of stuff. And so the chart that she sent me has um, kind of like a shadow of a human figure. And mm -hmm. then there's like a triangle coming down from the head. And then within it, there's different. Um, centers and lines and centers energy centers so what i'm looking at is a chart of my particular human design so and we'll post that in the notes so people can see it when they yeah, watch perfect and then so if you would do this with rosie or somebody this is what you would get mm -hmm. would be this chart for you to look at so yeah, yeah and, we'll and i recommend show notes it's good for people to look at the chart too and reinforce those open areas, just like you brush your teeth and you wash your hair. It's a constant. So let me give you a practical example of an open head, which I also have. So we have an incredible consuming desire to know more, but we can also sometimes be easily brainwashed. It's good if you're in meetings that you don't, or negotiations of, of any kind, that you're not sitting alone with that person in the room because they can entrain you to think like them. If you're at a restaurant or a cafe and there's neutrality, it's not as much. But more importantly and more helpful on a daily basis, human design is really here to help people be comfortable in their own skin. So I have this open head like you. And let's say that I'm cleaning my house. But the mind, the open centers are amplifiers. They're racing. My mind is thinking about some future conversation or scenario that's probably never going to happen. And now I'm like, wait a minute, little Rosie listens to the story of my head all day long. She would rather just be enjoying cleaning the house, even having a movie on or something that doesn't even matter, but not getting exhausted by that mind that's always taking us everywhere else but the present. And also knowing, too, we have this insatiable desire, oh, if I just figure out this one piece of information, then it all makes sense. And it's funny, right? Because it's like, that's fun as long as it's fun. But if all of, I, I always tell people, people will say things to me and I'll be like, 
I, I don't think about things that don't matter. Cause you know, people posh, the open heads are going down all these rabbit holes and that can be fun as long as it's fun, but you have to catch it on a daily basis, just like the upkeep of your body. So, yeah. And I could see, you know, you're, you're so open-minded and you're here to show people a variety of ways to think about things. Great. Okay. That resonates. <laughs> so let's go to your channels that you have. Um, the channels, channels. So the channels are the full lines and so like, let's say on the bottom, you have a full black line on each side. And what are channels for people? Are these energy channels? So these are energy channels and they come from gates from the I Ching. So when you have both sides activated, it's, it's considered a definition or a channel. And it's much like you being the nine of spades or being a Capricorn. This is your authenticity of what you bring. Now, I'm so excited to share this because these are Ra's words and there's a lot of keynoting, much like hypnotherapy that goes with this. And I just remember one of the first channels that you have uh, is the creative role model, the channel of inspiration, which is the red line that activates your throat. And this is part of what's making you uh, that manifest or this powerful throat. So this is called the creative role model. And these are some of the most beautiful words I've ever heard. And it's almost as if, I mean, what a great gift that I get to give people, but it's like, I didn't know that I was this until they told me. And now it allowed me to become even more of that. And so this is who you truly are. One of your channels is called the channel of inspiration. So one side is the artist. And the other side is the gallery owner. So together, you're a creative role model. You can do both. Listen to what he says. You are an individual who is here to move towards beauty, powered by your own truth and grounded in the moment. You are designed to model what it means to be a self-expressed creative individual and naturally attract the attention of others. As you do so, you potentially change their perspective. You inspire new directions in others, and you can free them to express their own uniqueness creatively, like a pianist whose extraordinary performance inspires a person to take piano lessons. So powerful. So for you, because this is so individual, you cannot be conditioned by other people. It's very unique. And it's a co-creation between you dedicated to being who you are and finding the right public. So imagine I'm not going to go to a punk rock bar and sing them jazz, right? Your acquired taste. <laughs> and it says that you it's important because you're such a weirdo and you're so unique that you cultivate communication skills, which you clearly have, so you can contribute what you're here to contribute. And it says that you're here to draw others along and change the way people see, act, and think about life, truth, and the nature of beauty. And it says that it takes courage to stand out from the crowd. And that's just what you do. You inspire others to be equally bold People who have this channel, living is an art form, and they are here to get the public's attention. 
you know what? It resonates. And I, I think I've spoken about this before on the show and to you privately, probably, but I love every aspect of my life, all the difficulties, the turns, the detours. There's a lot of trauma and tragedy in the first half of my life. But the second half of the life, I finally feel like me. Mm. I never really felt comfortable in my skin. I looked mm. in the mirror and it didn't really feel comfortable. Mm. I had careers. I had lovers, husbands. Like I just never really felt like I was living my life. Mm. Like I felt like I was living somebody else's life. Mm. And I finally am comfortable. Like I've given myself permission to speak my truth and live my truth and dress how I want and talk about what I want to talk about whether it's public speaking, it's for the embassies, it's through this podcast. But so I really appreciate everything you're just saying um, as far as validation. Mm. Like I, it really is very validating that what feels good feels good for a reason. It's mm. not because I'm escaping or it's not because mm. um, I'm trying to run away from my old life. It's because I'm mm. actually living mm. in harmony or in balance with who I am. Mm. And that's why it feels so easy and so loving and so wonderful mm. because I'm able to get my message out there and be inspiring to people and do whatever it is, the public speaking, or even mm. is this podcast, whatever it is, like you said, lead by example. Mm. I have women come up to me and men too, for sure. But I have women of all ages come up to me and tell me or send me messages, how much I've inspired them to take a chance in their own life either change career to move across the country to and i'm really like me i'm just that poor little hippie kid who was on the free hot lunch program like how can i you know and now just in the last you know few years i'm like no that is me that is what i'm doing i'm leading by example and inspiring but i had to go through all that other crap on the first half without knowing where i was going <laughs> because if i had known I wouldn't have learned those feelings and the lessons and empathy and authentically. Mm -hmm. I had to live it firsthand. It makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. So this is very well, validating for me to hear. Yeah, it's a great channel. And um, as a side note, one of the things some of my friends in Ibiza would say, you're very stylish with this great cook. And it's somebody who's, you know, create jewelry, knitting, whatever. It, it doesn't even have to be that it's a lifelong pursuit, but you should always wear something where it stands out. Like, let's say I always wear a hat or a baseball hat. And if you have this certain flashy thing that you always wear and you're at some big event for Rotary and there's hundreds of people there, but you have these meaningful connections. And then all of a sudden the person says, who was that lady in the purple hat? That's how by literally standing out from the crowd in the way that you actually dress, you elicit the correct invitations, even from afar. So you're really here to be unique and, and a different flavor unto yourself. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. I think part of, the, of being halfway around the world is it gave me freedom in my own mind, you know, perceived that mm -hmm. I can wear whatever I want. And I do. I love dressing. And I love, <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. It's funny that you say that. Because I know yeah. when I walk down the street, I stick out a lot of times and I don't care. I finally like love it and embrace it. It's good for you. And of course, with everything, you know, evolutionary astrology, all of these things work in opposites. So 
when anybody has a lot of channels where they're here to be seen, there's naturally a fear of being seen. And then yeah, that the you first want- half of my life, I just wanted to blend in. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to blend in. I wanted to wear the same thing that everybody else was wearing and hope that I just blended in and looked like part of the team. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, to meet less resistance too, I'm sure. Yeah. So on to the next channel, even more poignant. Uh, if you look on the lower left-hand side, you have the 2838, uh, which is called the channel of struggle, a design of stubbornness. And this is also just incredible. And uh, it reminds me a lot of your nine of spades. And you'll probably see what I mean. So you have a stubborn determination to go your own way in life, even against the most overwhelming odds. And you discover meaning and purpose in the struggles that you meet along your unique path. There is nothing more satisfying or healthy for you than to stubbornly stand up against the odds and fight for a cause that you feel is worthwhile. This form of struggle gives your life meaning and your unique struggle becomes an example which empowers others to pursue a deeper life purpose. One of the um, side notes I heard about this one time, but it makes so much sense. It's like life is a lot of physical work. If there wasn't a deeper meaning to all of this, we would all just like jump off a cliff, like in midsummer at a certain age to just be (laughs) done with the work. So there has to be a deeper meaning. And that's where you come in. You help people pursue a deeper life purpose However, this is not always comfortable for you or well-received by others. So rather than letting your mind choose your battles, make sure that you were initiated and asked into the struggle. What is worth fighting for? It also says an internal stress builds up, which you can't explain. um, And it creates excess energy in the body. And regular exercise releases that pressure. This is not only healthy for you physically, but it keeps your connection with your intuition clear. So I almost think you're like a little ninja. You need to be, you know, you need to get the. And it says that you are here um, by stubbornly listening to your own knowing. You change the direction of the status quo. It is a struggle to convince people that evolution and this life is worth fighting for. And it says that you are here to push people to be more true to themselves and live life to the fullest. I, I totally would agree with that. It feels right. Like a lot of the coaching I do with private clients is exactly that. It's getting people to help figure out what they want. Like what do they really want? What feels good? What direction can they go in? Not, um, worrying necessarily about what their family or their society or their friends are doing when people are stuck, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Some of the greatest manifestors I used to nanny for a very famous healer, Howard Wills. He's a manifestor like you. I mean, you can go in and cut cords because your aura makes a huge impact. Um, Like the nine, right? You're, you're really going in and nine, helping people realize what's not good for them anymore so that they can find what's correct. There's a lot of sort of narrowing down. And then what's interesting is it comes very easy for me. I'm also an intuitive. I have a lot of the Claire's sure. Well, open head too, right? Like it's, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so, but I always thought like, 
everybody had that. Like, I, I don't know why is it so easy for me and not other people? Like, how come I can see this so clearly and they can't, but we all have our own gifts and we all have our own things that we're bringing to the table. And so I guess it's learning to pay attention to that. So by you doing this for me, it really is very validating of things that feel good to me as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, from what I know about you and your life, it definitely describes the journey. And speaking of that, um, you have a very powerful channel that is connected to your heart center, which we call the ego, but it's not the ego in the Freudian sense. It's more the ability to make and keep promises. You have this, only 30% of the world has this. So first of all, you might find that other people overpromise and underdeliver because they're in the not self of that. Yep. Now, when you have this filled in, you can pump people up like Tony Robbins has this. You can literally give them. Yes, you can. You can do it. But your particular channel is very powerful. It's the channel of initiation and it's a shaman. So listen to what this says. It is in your nature to be competitive. And this is in a positive way. More, more, better, better. And you arouse and empower competitiveness in others. If you enter into this correctly, this competition will stretch, test, and push you and others to transcend your normal creative limits and the barriers of physical endurance. Miss Swimming in the Ocean all day. You got to get a little <laughs> swim team. You're like the captain. Each breakthrough brings an exhilaration and a new awareness of the depth of your spirit. So you are here to have a mystical, unique sense of who you are, which becomes an example of courage for others to follow. You will find yourself empowering individuals and organizations with your gutsy way of achieving goals. It must be remembered, however, this is mystical and it cannot be controlled. If you chase after your destiny, you will feel lost and confused. Your destiny must find you so that you can surrender to it. If you seek to initiate others without their invitation, and imagine how this could come up just casually in past love relationships, they will fail, leaving you feeling resentful and unfulfilled. However, in your coaching work, they're inviting you, and then you literally are helping them do breakthroughs. But I've made so mistakes, especially early on. It took me a while to realize that like, if it's not asked, you don't just give. Right. And they can't, not everybody's ready to hear it. There's a great quote. It's like wisdom without compassion is useless. Um, So it says that we need to make sure that you're being invited into the right shocks so that you can protect the needs of your heart physically and metaphysically. And what is being invited into the right shocks? Well, so listen to what this says. You've probably had very shocking things in your life that happened that you didn't invite, right? And so, you know, let's say you have this kind of a setup that you do and you're in a relationship with somebody who's got a lot of emotional problems or addiction. You're literally the gasoline on the fire. And shocking things could happen, but you're there. So you get the shrapnel, even though it had nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? You want to be very careful that you're not throwing your gasoline just in the form of your aura in places where it blows up in your face. (laughs) So 
it listen to what this says. It says that you are here to take a person from the we are to the I am. You're a true shaman, and a shaman is a specially gifted, innocent person who is able to survive a quantum leap into the unknown and then come back and artfully initiate others into deeper levels of self-awareness. However, in your life, whether you leapt as a courageous warrior or a fool did not matter because the landing will be shocking either way. There have been initiations and shock in your life that came from an invitation that you might not have chosen, like an auto accident. Life itself is a profound mystical force, and it's here to create a change of behavior. People with this channel are here to feel the wonder of their own unique spirit and in the process empower the entire tribe. But literally, you could have had near-death experiences. This is like- Which I have. Really, yeah. Yep. Which mm -hmm. I have. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah. I know there's so much more to do on this. Um, but let me just ask you, so if, what are the things that people come to you for, for this? Like, well, it's really great in family situations, especially knowing when certain family members are emotional and the other ones who aren't, because the people who are not emotional are amplifying your emotional wave 200% and making things worse and not knowing why. Like, let's say we're staying together for a week. Here's very practical. I come out to Turkey. And, and so we have this great weekend. We do three or four days. And so you're naturally at the hind of the wave. And then there's going to be a crash. That's just natural. And that's for everybody, but it's more pronounced for emotionally defined people like yourself. So a normal person, I wake up on the Thursday and my emotional amplifier is open and it can create distortion. So I'm like, oh God, Michelle doesn't feel like she did over the last few days. I must've done something wrong. Da, da, da. And then I'm like, kind of irritating you because I'm kind of trying to kiss your butt because I'm like, why doesn't, <laughs> no, not that you're upset with anybody. You're just at the low end of the wave and we should lay around and watch movies and not try to fix it either. Because right. a lot of times then I would distort it and be like, even in a, a romantic relationship, honey, what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. No, I can feel it. Something's off. And then all of a sudden we create problems that were never there. So That's this so is so true. Mm -hmm. So what about people who are like feeling, um, again, maybe especially coming off of COVID or all these, the planetary alignments that we have, that people are feeling like they need a new direction in their career. Like they're just mm -hmm. not feeling like they want They're Should I move to that city? Should I quit my job and try this? Should I go back to school? Like people who are just feeling like a little bit, don't even have to be lost, but just a little unsure. Like, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. Is this the kind of thing that can really help them decide, like, do we take action? Do we sit back? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, that's what I'm, that's why I'm busy doing all day and lots yeah. of people are pivoting. And so, yes, the design can show us how to best utilize your energy and imagine for someone like you, if you were in a position where you were really needing work or wanting work, it would literally be the manifestors. They're the ones who never tell anybody anything or advertise. So I'd be like, hey, we just need to like put your thing up and tell some people at Rotary. But for most of the world, like generators like myself, it would be like, okay, you want to move to San Francisco and you're thinking about this, this, and this. We're going to look at your astrology, see the timing. And then we're also going to start to plant some seeds and see what's up and maybe not 
immediately rent a place in downtown San Francisco because after two or three weeks, I'm like, oh, you know, my friend actually is up in Big Sur and they want to rent her. And all of a sudden the person says, Big Sur, that sounds fantastic. That's way better. Like they just thought they wanted a change and they want to go to California, which is not a bad deal. But, you know, it really reminds me, human design, the perfect analogy is that great joke where it's like, you know, you're praying, you're like, God, I really want a Cadillac. All my neighbors have Cadillacs. I've been working so hard. I really want a Cadillac. And, you know, it takes God a while to get back to you. He's got a lot going on. And all of a sudden he looks and he answers your prayers and he's like, well, darn, I had you down for a Bentley, but here's your Cadillac. That's <laughs> your design in a nutshell. And so it helps us pivot. You can still make the changes in your life, but we can maybe actually make that garden even yummier and juicier and sweeter by allowing other people to bring their seeds over too, you know? It's it. I just love all these pieces of, of the pie that are coming together. Um, is there anything else that on this that you like feel is important to really share for people to understand? Design is an experiment and the ultimate joke. What's so funny and wonderful is I love astrology and it gives us the story and it makes us make sense of our childhood and past, but that is all the mind. And the idea of human design is that you can start to be in the now in your body as a passenger with passenger consciousness. This is what Ra would say. So imagine you and me are sitting here talking. We have our, our little mind, blah, blah, blah. But your body, your parasympathetic nervous system, if that's the vehicle, the parasympathetic is almost like the chauffeur. You're not driving the car. If a car came speeding into your house right now, you're going to jump out of the way. You don't need to think about it with the mind. You're running all these processes of breathing and digesting your food. Your mind has nothing to do with that. So the mind, we, our personality is the passenger and you're in that Maserati but you're in the back seat. You're not really driving the car. And one day that vehicle hits its final stop and your mind has nothing to do with that. But instead of enjoying being chauffeured around and watching the movie, we are desperately trying to punch the chauffeur in the head and drive the car ourselves. And we're missing the whole point which is in front of our eyes each and every day. It's not some future that's never going to manifest. It's already happening now, now, now. So it, it definitely has allowed me to just enjoy being a human being more. Yeah. Wow. I, I just, I love this. I could listen to you talk about this all day. There's so many wonderful tools. Um, and also if anybody was wondering who did not hear the destiny card podcast, when she's talking about my nine, me being a nine, it was from that episode. And yeah. it was such a powerful um, episode for me, of course, but also just in general, knowing it's really simple. Like, I feel like the destiny card system is actually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And this one is definitely more um, intricate. Intricate and complicated and much like music. It's a beautiful study that never stops spiraling into more infinite detail. 
But my goal and desire is to make design simple and accessible for people so they can actually start to experiment with it when they go to dinner that night, saying to the waiter, what do you suggest? And he says, oh, would you like the fish? Oh, would you like the steak? Uh-huh. You didn't even think that you needed the meat, but actually your body did or whatever that is. Um, yes. And what I do now that you see, so imagine when I'm doing my readings, they're very comprehensive and I'm utilizing all of these systems, but then I'm just trying to tell people the result as, 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 as opposed to nomenclature and all this lingo that makes people get lost. They just want to know how it works and what's going to come up. Exactly. And yeah. And so one somebody has a reading with you, um, mm -hmm. they get a combination of all the different things that you do. Is that correct? Yes. And that's why it's mostly based on time. When I do the 30 minutes, I can just do the destiny cards and give them very simple answers about their future. I'm looking at their design to help them in the best way possible. Then when I do the hour or the hour and a half, then we can go into the design as well a bit, which is usually quite interesting for people because it is very unique. Um. All right. Well, th this has been great. I don't know. Like, like I said, I could talk to you all day for sure. <laughs> I can't believe the time went so quickly. Is there, um, well, tell us what's coming up next for you. Oh, exciting. I am going, I'm here in Aspen now, and I will be going to Varna, Bulgaria on the Black Sea to do an astrology workshop with the world-renowned Rumen um, out of Astrolata's school. And so I'll be studying Babylonian astrology and very ancient tablets, fun, fun, fun. And then I'll be headed over to London to do an event with Dua and some other friends. And I've never been to London, so that's exciting. And then I'll be back here in Aspen to continue to take over the world at the end of July. I will be offline for readings though, during that period of a lot of July. And I haven't taken a week off in probably five years. So I'm excited. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> do what I do. I mean, you know, I can do it anywhere. One thing I did want to say um, is that it's wonderful to be invited to talk specifically about human design because the first person who ever showed me my design was a great friend named Talk Sheila, who recently passed away climbing Mount Whitney. And he was very young and leaves behind a beautiful family. And, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful that we're all here in the human collective, leading each other by the hand to wherever we need to go. But the passing of lots of young people lately only reinforces how much we just need to ground in and know that you're loved and safe and you belong here. And whatever is going on, it will pass. No one can ever take anything away from you. There is never anything to lose. We all just return to the light. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to dedicate this talk to Hawk Sheila and his family. Thank you. That's really beautiful. I'm sorry for the loss. Sounds like a special person. Great. Um, well, if people want to hear more about human design, a little bit more in detail, maybe not, you know, specific to me necessarily, like human design, the concept. I know mm -hmm. you've been on the Human Design Collective podcast. 
Mm-hmm. That's great as well. Yeah, those right? are wonderful. Yeah, and you could just go listen to all of the Human Design podcast different episodes. There's one specifically from Manifestor's point of view. Um, they're really wonderful. They have a school. If, if you were so inclined, you could do your training with them, with John and Amy. And actually, John came to me years ago because he wanted to know about the Destiny Card system. And then we started sort of, you know, trading and going back and forth. But he's an amazing human design expert and teacher. Um, so that would be a great place. And then the official human design website is Jovian Archive. And we can add a link to that at the bottom, but that's J-O-V-I-A-N archive.com. And anybody could pull up their own free chart. And there's many different things for purchase that you can get directly from the school and just start to read about it. I would highly recommend pulling up YouTube videos of Ra Uruhu and listening to him and his amazing voice and the way he talks and speaks. It's almost like something like hypnotherapy. It opens something up. Well, I will definitely put links to all of that in the show notes below. So if you want to know more um, or watch, and of course, if you want to contact Rosie directly for a reading, whether it's destiny cards or human design or astrology or all three, (laughs) um, you can contact her as well. Yay. Um, Yeah. This has just been so wonderful. Thank you for coming on and sharing. This is really something I didn't know much about. And I love putting, as I said, all the different pieces of the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I can't believe I get to be a vessel for people to step into enjoying this crazy existence and its horror and beauty that can often take our breath away. But yeah, I just am sending out so much love and light. And I'm so thankful for our fractal and our connection. Me too. Thank you. And I would love to have you back on the show after you've done these wonderful trips and this experience. And Mm -hmm. honestly, let you just kind of rift, just kind of share with us what you're channeling at the moment, because there's so much information that you have that I would love to share. So thank you so much. So we will look forward to seeing you at the end of the summer. Heck yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. That's Rosie Cutter joined us today on You Lost Me at Namaste. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. And until next time, know that you're loved, you're worthy. You were born for a reason. And the universe needs your gifts. So keep shining your light, everybody. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you. And until next time, namaste.